Hello and a warm welcome. I'm Armin Trost, professor at the Furtwangen University in Germany. And this is my series on human resources strategies, a real master course for advanced HR students, professionals and executives. This series is available on YouTube and on all podcatchers like iTunes or Spotify. All slides that support this series are available on my website. For more information, please read the description to this YouTube or podcast. I'd also like to refer to my book, Human Resources Strategies, available at most online bookstores. So, again, thanks for listening Have fun and gain valuable insights into the fascinating world of HR strategies. So, welcome everybody. In the last few episodes, we were talking about employer attractiveness, job satisfaction, flexible work arrangements and all the like. And, you know, whenever companies think about all these things, also employee experience is a current topic, uh, then the debate very often goes towards employee surveys. Yeah, employee surveys are a very commonly used approach to understand how happy the people are, what they think about their employer, and whether there are things to be improved. Okay, an employee surveys... Yeah, is sharing questionnaires very often, asking the people, how do you like this? How do you like that? How happy are you? Would you recommend a friend to work here? And all the things. But here comes the question. Who are the main customers of employee surveys? Could, can employee surveys have customers? Yes, of course. Uh, who is the customer of an employee survey? The one who gets the report. That's the customer. Because whenever you do something in the organization, there must be a customer, somebody who benefits from it. That's the customer. It might, might sound strange to think about a customer when it comes to employee surveys, but everything must have a customer, right? And very often the answer is that all stakeholders, or let's say many, many stakeholders are the customers. So here's the strategic statement that summarizes this, this idea. Very different stakeholders benefit equally from our employee surveys, sometimes even all employees. Okay, well, that's a very broad understanding. And uh, let's have a closer look at this first. I mean, who are stakeholders in an organization? There couldn't be many. There's, of course, top management. There might be the managers or individual managers. There might be a kind of internal service unit. Let's think of the IT service or the canteen or HR, right? When you consider HR as an internal service unit, yeah, there might be teams, individual teams, all employees. So you can imagine that all these different stakeholders have certain interests whenever it comes to employee surveys. Uh, they want to learn about something, you do a survey, you get results, and then the stakeholder does something with the result. Hopefully. <laughs> so, And, you know, with classic employee surveys, there's often the idea that all benefit from, 
from the employees of AU. You ask all people about everything, and then you have a report for the entire organization. Then you have a report for different divisions. You have a report for every single team, and on all levels, uh, the people, the managers are encouraged to do kind of workshops where they think, okay, what do the results tell us, and, and what kind of conclusion can we draw from all these results, and where are we supposed to get better, and, and other things. So um, we have to be careful, maybe. So when you really have a differentiated view at different stakeholders, uh, it might turn out that you do different things for different stakeholders. So that would be an alternative idea, saying, hmm, well, top management is very often interested in strategic things. That's why they are here. Yeah, They think about the organization as a whole. They think about the values. They think about the strategy. They might think about, hmm, what do the people think about the vision, right? What do, you, what do people think about the current transformation we, we, we walk through, right? Uh, and for this, maybe a strategic pulse survey might be, might be the better idea. I'm going to talk about this in a minute. would be a survey you do every month, maybe, maybe every day. You, you ask uh, a random selection of the people, what do you think about our current transformation, Right. How can you contribute to the current transformation? And you do this on a daily basis. Who gets the report? The stakeholder. They are the customers of that thing. So it's top management only. Or maybe the individual managers, they want to learn how others see them. Ah, would be a 360-degree feedback. That's a completely different approach. Or sometimes you you want to do something like manager evaluation, meaning the employees, they, they evaluate or give feedback to the managers. Evaluation and feedback are two different things. By the way, we were talking about this in an earlier session. It does not matter here. Yeah, You do a survey, right? You ask the people, how do you... How do you think about the behavior of your immediate supervisor? Who is the, re who is the customer of that? Yeah, the individual manager. They get their individual report and then they can learn from, the, from that maybe. Yeah? If, if uh, sometimes when you, when you uh, want to evaluate the managers and you do that on a regular basis, but the reports go to top management or HR, that's a different story. That's a different story. That's control, right? Okay. Uh, sometimes the individual teams want to do a little team survey. Yeah, you have a team of, let's say, 30 employees and they have their meeting, their annual meeting maybe. Uh, they go off-site and think about the future, the next 12 months about this team. Uh, and, and you want to do a survey up front, right? And who is the customer then? Well, it's the team. <laughs> All right, it's a team. Sometimes you do a team survey in the middle of a, of a meeting, right? I mean, you can do it with current technologies. Just, just run a little survey right away. Yeah, or sometimes the IT service uh, want to get a feedback from the people. How satisfied are you with the service we deliver, right? And then the customer is the IT service, and that's an internal customer survey. A different story. Do you have to talk to everybody? Do you have to ask everybody to respond to that survey? No, probably not. Maybe you ask the people just after you have delivered a survey. This is a very common uh, way of doing things, right? Uh, When you think that really all employees are the customers, all, all, 20, 30, 50, 400,000, right? Yeah, we do an employee survey. So the, the, the whole idea here is that you might have different stakeholders in the organization, and when you do an employee survey or a survey, think about who the stakeholders are and what are the topics they are in particular interested in. What are they working on? What is their responsibility? 
And then the things you ask must match to the interests and responsibilities of these stakeholders. And probably if you have a one-size-fits-all approach, uh, that won't work. That won't work. So it's the the classic way of uh, asking everybody about everything and then have hundreds of reports for everybody. Uh, mm, I don't think that works, really. I mean, I, I spent years in that industry. I, 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 I was a consultant doing uh, employee surveys for many large-scale uh, companies. I, I wrote two books about employee surveys. One of that was my thesis, my doctoral thesis, but also wrote a handbook about employee surveys, which was 20 years ago or so. Uh, and uh, I, I described the classic approach, but I must say today that to a large extent I was wrong. Really, I was wrong. So, Instead of saying, okay, we want to serve many stakeholders all in once, here is the alternative view, saying, in any employee survey, we concentrate on the focal and relevant points of one particular stakeholder. Right? So that's a different thing. So this is a very important starting point when we think about employee surveys strategically. Uh, when you think about employee surveys, be sure for whom you are doing that, who is the customer. Okay, so let's look at the overall cycle. Let's look at how employee surveys very often are conducted in an organization. And that pretty much goes back to an idea that was named survey feedback, uh, which is also part of organizational development. A very old idea, you plan the survey, right? When you start with planning, when do we do this? How do we do this? Well, what will be the question? Uh, and, and so on. Uh, you plan it. Uh, that's case for many things that you do. You plan things, right? And then you communicate to the people. You communicate, you, you, uh, you use your internal platforms, you have your employee magazine, you have all sorts of channels that you might use to inform the people, hey, look, there's the next employee survey on January. Please attend. Your opinion matters. <laughs> so, and very often, uh, the success of an employee survey is measured on the response rate. And the res good response rate might be 60% plus. If you have a response rate of 10%, that, that would be poor. That, that would tell you that the people do not really accept uh, this approach. So you better communicate and you convince the people, hey, attend. Yeah. And then comes the magic day when you start the survey and all people get a link or something like this uh, and with a, along with a question to please respond. And then, of course, some, some people work on the statistics They do the statistical analysis, so mainly just descriptive uh, analysis. You calculate the means, the frequencies, and all the things, and that all that all uh, goes into the various reports that you produce. And then you feedback the results to all employees. You tell, look, this is what you said. Yeah, this is. This is, these are the results for the company. These are the results for your team. This is the result for you, manager. This is the result for whomever the customer is. So you feedback all the results. In a classic employee survey, then all the people, they sit together uh, in the teams or wherever and think about, okay, given these results, what might be 
uh, appropriate improvement measures. That that also uh, includes that you that you of course you interpret the result. I don't have to mention this. You interpret the results. Look, okay, where are our strengths and weaknesses? Where do we have good results, bad results? Where could things be better? Yeah, what what are things we can be proud of? And then you think, okay, what does that mean to us? And uh, and then you 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 come up with some improvement measures, which then are of course hopefully implemented. Um, in form of planned actions and you do this and if things go well when the next employee survey uh, kicks off you find better results then so you propel you propel your unit you propel what you do into a better world so to speak year by year by year through getting this kind of feedback right that's the overall approach and all these steps from feedback the results over finding and planning improvement measures to implementation of planned actions. This is what we typically name the follow-up process. That's the follow-up process. Okay. <clears throat> and here comes a very important differentiation. And I also put this into strategic statements. One goes like this. We consider a wide range of topics from the results of an employee survey, we then draw conclusions about the need for improvements and derive priorities. Okay, this is what you do. And this is the idea of having a very broad range of topics. That very often happens when you work with an external institute. They come, up, they come in with a, with a standard uh, questionnaire where various topics are included, like Topics about leadership, about salary, about working conditions, about development, career prospects, and uh, health, and uh, you know, communication, collaboration, work-life balance, diversity, uh, you know, other things. Yeah? You have 100 questions that cover this whole range of things. And you say, okay, we don't know the results. We don't know our needs. Let's first ask and then we're going to find out. So that's the idea. Huh? You have the survey, right? And then after you have run the survey, you see the potential where you could be better. But you know this only after the survey was conducted. That's your idea. And once you have found a certain potential, could mean something like we have to get better in the area of um, leadership quality, let's say. Okay? So you find this potential. Hmm, there is room for improvement. That's another term for potential, right? And then you set targets. You say, okay, in the next 12 months or so, we want to get better on that. I mean, that could be everything. Could be leadership quality, could be uh, communication, could be collaboration, or whatever, right? And then you, you define your targets after you have done the entire survey and after you have analyzed your results. Okay? That's the classic way of doing things. Okay? But now, very often nothing happens. Uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Because why? Because, I mean, having certain results does not necessarily mean that you have the budget for improving things. And, and very often, it's that there is not really a sense of urgency for, ch for changing things. You might see, oh, yeah, communication, ah, that's always a critical thing. Mm, not so good. Should get better. Okay. Uh, let's intend to get better here. Let's define a target. Okay. Look at these things after three months. Hmm. 
Why is there still this kind of sense of urgency? Very often not. Very often not. So, so you sometimes have the impression that employee surveys do not change so much. So here's an alternative approach. You always start with the potential. How can you do this? You, you can do it because you see it. Yeah. If you are an executive and you look into your areas and you talk to some people, if you have a little bit of understanding about your organization, you have a feeling about the things that could get better. Because you talk to the people. I mean, that's, that's what executives better do. I know that very often they don't, but, but they should. Talk to the people and see, oh, well, I, I, I have the feeling that here's something wrong with leadership, really. Uh, here is something wrong with quality. Here is something wrong with the level of collaboration. I hear it over and over and again. So uh, I recently had a breakfast with uh, 30 selected high potentials, maybe you say, as and CEO. And they all reported that there's something wrong with, uh, with this or with that. So there, there, there might be potential. Okay, so here's the potential. And you say, well, however things are, I want that, let's say, now I pull it from the air. Uh, I, I want that at least 80% of our people are happy with the, with the level of leadership here. This is what I want. Or, or let's say in sales, uh, another example, I want that at least 95% of the salespeople are convinced of our products. If this is not the case, then we have a decent problem. I do not need an employee survey first to understand this. I, I know that there might be things could get better here. I have the feeling that things can be better. So here's the target. Right. I, I want that the people love to work here. This is, and I currently have the feeling as a CEO that this is not the case. So here's the target. I want that 90% of the people would recommend a friend to work here. This is the target. I don't know where we are currently, but here's the target. This is what I would expect. And I have the feeling that we can be better here. So you, you think about the potential first, then you define the target, and then comes the survey. And then you ask only things that relate to the things that matter. It's not that you, you ask 100 different things and then you, as a surprise, you look at, whoo, where are the potential to get better? No, you are prepared. Right? So it's a, it's, a completely, it's a completely different way of, of doing things. And, and, um, and here, is the, here is the other strategic statement. It says... In employee surveys, only those topics are taken into consideration that have a high priority even before the survey. Okay, And now here comes the golden rule. Only what is important before the survey is also important after the survey. So in this case, I know that both sides could be reasonable, could, but you can hear from what I say that I have a clear preference toward the right, the, the, the second option. The focus on what's relevant. Really, in the, in the course of, of many years where I've dealt with employee surveys, I really learned about, about this, this golden rule that I've just shared with you. Only what is important before the survey is also important after the survey. So that's, that's something very crucial. And that, in my eyes, is the, is the most relevant strategic differentiation you have to take when you think about employee surveys. Do the priorities come after the survey or do the priorities are the priorities set before you do the survey? This is, this is really crucial. But 
That's not enough. There are much more things that you might take into consideration when it comes to employee surveys. And I, I puzzled a bit how I can, how I can uh, uh, explain that to you. And, and, and I, I made the decision that I just want to do some, I just want to give you some do's and don'ts, some, some general recommendations. And here they are. The first recommendation is never ask about things that you do not intend to seriously change. It's the point that I just have shared with you. Just you, you just frustrate the people if you do so. Better set priorities in advance to the survey. Okay, that was the point I just have shared with you. Okay? Here's another recommendation. Whenever possible, choose personal conversation over anonymous questionnaires in order to really value people's view. Right? What does that mean? I mean... Some companies have this strategic uh, thinking that they say whenever we run surveys, uh, the format must be anonymous and structured. They say honest answers require anonymity in an employee survey. That is why we use structured questionnaires, which also makes it possible to compare the results. You want to have numbers in the end. You want to have bar charts. You have to have spider charts, yeah, clear numbers. I, I also like numbers. Really, I'm a statistical freak. Really, I love statistics. It's excellent if you have clear numbers. But, you know, that's only one way of looking at things. Some would say, no, 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 no. Let's be open and interpersonal. And here's the strategic statement. Honest answers within the scope of an employee survey are obtained above all through direct, trusting dialogue. That also conveys honest interest. Talk to the people. Talk to them. I mean, when you, when you want to know whether your kids are happy, will you share a questionnaire? Really? Is that what you do? Say, hey, <laughs> hey kids, here's the questionnaire. I want to see whether you are happy. No. No, you talk to them, right? Now I see you you cannot talk to 400,000 people if you're a large corporation. You cannot even talk to to 4,000. You cannot even talk to 1,000, but you can talk to a few. And this is what many CEOs uh, tell me. Many CEOs or, or division heads or whomever, they, they walk around and they have a close touch to the people and they talk to the people and you know they very often make the experience that when you have talked to 10 people you just ask the question hey are you okay is there anything that could be improved we could improve you can also you must not walk around you can also have some 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 kind of informal sessions with people I mean, some companies do things like they invite randomly selected people one time in a week and have breakfast with them. And, and, and when you are a good CEO, you shape a, 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 a culture uh, of trust and you say, hey, be open. You, you can talk to each other. You don't fear when you criticize things. So, and when you have talked to 10 people and then you talk to the 11th person, you very often have the impression that, hmm, There is nothing new in this particular conversation. Talk to 10 people and you already get an impression of, of a lot of things. You don't need to talk to all when you understand or try to understand the decent problems in the organization. So you might talk to people, okay? 
Never compare results absolutely. What does that mean? You have numbers, you have means, you have frequencies. You cannot draw a conclusion just based on the numbers. You really can't. There are so many biases on this. Also on an intercultural basis. I mean, in some countries, the people tend to be more negative. In some other countries, the people tend to be more, more, more positive. There are some biases intercultural-wise. But that's just one bias. There are many in that. Uh, you better... You, you better compare results against targets that you have set in advance, maybe based on an earlier survey you have done. You could say, well, in the last survey, there were 85% of salespeople who were convinced about our products. Our objective is absolutely nine, 95%. So you compare the results of your current survey with the results of previous surveys, or you compare the results against a target that you have set. So, so, so that, that, that's, that's, that's the better way of doing things, I would say, okay? Be always clear about why you ask whom what. <laughs> uh, there, there is often no need to ask everyone about everything, okay? So this is this idea that I have shared with you in the beginning of this episode. Be clear about the needs the interests and the responsibilities of your stakeholders, okay? And here's another thing. Ask questions by asking questions. Don't use statements. I, I'm always surprised why in so many questionnaires we, use, we don't use questions, we use statements. And a, a statement might be, I am satisfied with my immediate supervisor. This is a statement. And then I have to respond like, strongly agree, not agree. Yeah. Why not asking questions? You, you, want, you want to ask questions? Then ask questions. Are you satisfied with your immediate supervisor? That's the better way of doing things. Not have a statement. Ask a questions. Ask questions. I mean, you, you would not say to your wife, you love me. And then she can respond, oh, strongly agree. No, you ask her, do you love me? Yes, no. That's a better way of doing things. You don't ask your friends, we have another beer. And the others say, strongly agree. And say, shouldn't we have another beer? <laughs> it's, a, it's a minor thing. A bigger thing is that you have to make sure that people understand what you want to know. Right? I mean, it's, it's, really, it's really difficult to, to uh, formulate questions in a way that people understand it. So what goes along with that advice is always do a pretest. A pretest means you take some questions, you show it to some people, and you ask the people, hey, John, look, here's a question. Um, how happy are you with the work-life balance? You ask this question, and then you ask John, ah, what do you understand about work-life balance? What do you think of when you hear the term work-life balance? What does that question mean in your eyes? You will be surprised how differently people understand questions. Really? Does your immediate supervisor support your uh, long-term career? Ask people, hey, what do you think about long-term career? What is that? What does that mean, long-term? You will be surprised. The people have so many different views on one and the same question. I mean, you will get, the, you will get numbers. You can ask crazy things. People will respond. Really? 
<laughs> we know this. Uh, there's a lot of research about this, but but how did the people actually understand the question? That very often keep stays a secret. So so you better be sure right in the beginning that you formulate the questions in a way that the people really understand the the, the original meaning of the question. It's it's really odd. That's difficult. Really, only a few people can do this. Yeah. Uh, make sure the questions reflect the company's understanding of leadership and collaboration. What does that mean? I mean, very often uh, companies work with an external institute. For instance, you the institute that provides a questionnaire saying, look, here is my questionnaire that we were always using since, since decades when it came to, to leadership. So this questionnaire includes a lot of questions about leadership. And, you know, These questions, they reflect a leadership understanding. And that might not the one you want to have in your organization, so you better be careful. There might be a question like, my manager, formulated in a statement, which is a mistake, which, as I just have said, uh, the statement, my manager exactly tells me what he or she expects from me. <laughs> Is that a good question? It depends on whether you want to have bosses. You don't want to have bosses, you want to have coach. A, a, a coach will never tell you exactly what you have to do because a coach will treat you like an adult. Right? So, so, so better be careful. Okay. Um, never rely on statistics only. The numbers don't tell you anything. Maybe a little bit. Numbers are very often an indication that there is something wrong. But if you really want to interpret the numbers... You have to talk to the people. Listen, listen, listen. I mean, what is that? A satisfaction of 2.7 on a scale from one super excited to five completely uh, unsatisfied. What does that mean, 2.7? Hmm, what does that mean? Uh, hmm, it's not, not really clear, right? Yeah. And here's another golden rule saying never hide results. Never even though they might be disastrous. Be open. Say, okay, this is what you said. Once you hide results, the people get suspicious. Really, this is, this is not what you want. And things might become even worse. So the final recommendation I, I would like to share with you is never link variable pay with survey results. Um, Some companies do this. They say, okay, manager, your variable pay will depend on the happiness of your people. Um, don't do this. Why not? Because in the end, you will get what you want. The people, they will find their workaround. They will find their tricks. They will find their, their ways to have, in the end, good results. Yeah. I do not necessarily think about corruption, but, but you know, <laughs> managers are creative. And, 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 once, and once the results are linked to variable pay, the results will not be as valid as they could be. Okay? So, these are some overall recommendations I wanted to share with you. Uh, and along with these uh, different recommendations, I was sharing with you some strategic dimensions you better think of. Okay, I hope that was valuable for you, at least for those who deal with employee surveys. Okay, so that's for the moment, and thanks for listening, and see you next time. <laughs>